0: I should have thought the heat ill suits you, Starks. Here in the South, they say you're all made of ice and melt when you ride below the neck. Welcome to 2C1C, a Game of Thrones podcast founded in 2010 by myself, Will Lentz, Greg Atkinson, and Brett Zyler. Now hosted by myself, Daryl Lloyd, and Kyle Mansell, with guest appearances by past hosts and more. Many thanks to GRRM and FFG for making this possible, GameDB for our hosting, and Josh Woodward for the Creative Commons music you hear in this episode. Welcome to Season 4.5. I wanted something different this week pretty sure we haven't done that before.
1: Well, I'm not even day, sure where that's from. Got to be Jamie, no?
0: No, Littlefinger, actually. Littlefinger, okay. Little
1: yeah. Someone Lanny-related. To this day, like I've been doing this for like six months now, every time you read the quote and you pause, I hear the song go in my head. It's like, boom.
2: I think I said that last week. Did you? I missed it. Yeah. Or maybe it didn't make the beginning of the recording. I think it was the first thing I said. I said, you can almost hear the music right
1: away. Congrats, Will. You've trained us like dogs.
0: Yeah, sure. you're welcome. Like Pavlov around here. Maybe I'll change my forum handle.
2: Or you, can just write that on your, or you can just write that on your name tag at Worlds. Pavlov <laughs> Lentz. <I like> it.
0: <laughs> that does have a certain ring to it, doesn't it? A certain so, kind. So, welcome ring to the
1: New York the Takeover.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you guys are like uh, like uh the Targaryens invading from the coastline, eh?
2: You're changing the name soon. Two New Yorkers and a Missourian? Yeah.
0: How, how does that... Uh, Two in one, better? one M.
2: <laughs> well,
0: whatever it is.
2: Thank you for having me back. I am still
1: Dave. Still vaped
0: Quite welcome. Thanks for joining us again.
1: My pleasure. So, Pavlov is Will. I'm Aaron.
0: Indeed. Welcome back to another fine episode of Two Champs, One Chump.
2: Can't get that quite right like Brett had.
0: No, it just doesn't have that same flair. How is Brett? Um, Good, good, I think. I don't know. Saw him last week. Same old, same old with him. Staying at home with the wife. Has
2: he been playing at all? Is he coming to Worlds?
0: I do not believe he's coming to Worlds this year. Uh, it's been a month or two since he came out. He brought some uh, Targaryen to the Iron Throne, uh, and yeah, I think that's been the last I've seen him. Might be able to drag him out if we have a draft. He do he does love that so very much.
1: I do like drafts. Hmm. I don't love draft. I'm the only one
0: wow yeah you must be I get a get a really big kick out of that just makes you reevaluate everything
2: I love how they I love how they, they timed the side event the draft side events, so that if you miss the cut you can draft and even if you make the cut and lose in your first out rounds you can draft and that'll make me feel a lot better about not advancing that deep into the tournament rooms.
1: I'm sure I'll finish in like 18th to 20th place again since that seems to be what I do now fantastic
0: that sounds pretty handy and you know speaking of don't forget to pre-register if you haven't yet guys granted
2: by the time you hear this yeah yeah, I was going to
0: say the listeners will just barely miss this so I hope you already did pre-register
2: I I pre-registered got my confirmation email and everything going to print that out it's going to be great
0: So, our usual topic. We're back to the refresh. And this week is going to bring us around to wrap up the, uh, Core 2.0 dual boxes. But, like we've done the last couple weeks, uh, we're gonna discuss some other potential issues and ideas. Just, uh, you know, with the format as a whole, uh, before delving into that. I had, uh, one topic I wanted to float out there. And I think Dave kind of had a, kind of a question he wanted to float. So, uh, let's, let's jump in there. Alright, so my idea this time around is, you know, I think part of what, uh, kind of hurts some of the flexibility and creativity in the game is The gold penalty system. I mean, how many attempts have we seen now at agendas uh, and cards to try to fiddle with that and mitigate it? And gosh, you know, conquest I think definitely gets the closest now, finally, but it's just always felt so clunky trying to do that with all these different treaties and alliances and such. And so I happened to be looking at some older cards that I had around for other games sitting here. And I remembered uh the other Warhammer game, Warhammer Invasion, and that sweet loyalty system that they had in there. And I thought, oh, man, how great would it be if Thrones did away with the the flat two-cost penalty and did away with House X only and just did the those loyalty icons like that so you could have a varying cost depending on the... Power level of a card. I mean, I I know it sounds crazy, based on as crazy as last week's idea is, but I think this is probably the least likely of any of the ideas they would implement. But I think I would love that.
2: How did it work exactly? Uh, I, I, you said something about uh, the basically the, the penalty varying with the power level. Yeah, that makes yeah. Makes sense intuitively.
0: So basically, um, you, you would have cards like
2: give me like a four example
0: yeah yeah for example okay let's let's put it in thrones' terms okay so yeah. so say you had Castle of the rock, three cost printed cost on it, right, then mm-hmm. it would have say three Lannister icon loyalty icons down the side, so that if you are playing a deck and you have three Lannister uh cards already on the board then that, that goes ahead and takes up those three loyalty icons, and you just pay the printed three, and you're good to go. Costs. Right. But now, if, is,
2: that, is oh. that only if uh, the house affiliation doesn't match, or if uh, if I set up a bunch of neutrals, am I paying six for the thing because I haven't played with the Lannister cards yet? Right. With a Lannister house card. Uh,
0: well, probably at that point, like, the Lannister house card would count as one, like, in the in the uh Warhammer game, your actual capital board, which was basically your house card counted as one. Um so then, you know, say you're playing that in a Martel deck or whatever that cast and if you've got one uh brothel guard With on the your, board and everything else and your is Martel, then he's gonna cost five or I you know see. whatever and it could and it could scale. So you could you could have say Lannisport money lenders, I don't know, aren't loyal at all or other stuff that is. And I think you could have some kind of neat uh, Nedly capabilities there, too. You know, maybe mercenaries are never loyal, but, like, Tywin Lannister's got, like, five loyalty icons, so, you know, he's never going practic- to, in a practical sense, work for any other house.
1: I think that requires a reboot.
0: Yes, yeah. That's part like of why I think reboot. it would be uh the least likely. Not a refresh, think. but a full...
1: I'll like, hey, let's redo the game, which I'm actually less and less against.
0: I know, me too. I keep thinking about all the neat things that could be done and still keep the the main flavor that I love about the game, and a lot of the mechanics I love, but just streamline and smooth off a lot of the rough edges.
2: One thing along these lines, uh, when you're t- you're talking about goal penalties, that I would like to see. Uh, is I would actually, from a Nedley standpoint in particular, like to see all unique characters, house X only. Uh, I think that anytime you're, you're splashing these unique characters out of house, I mean, look, we, we, we got poor Asha in trouble. She got restricted and that wasn't because she was too powerful in <laughs> Greyjoy. Uh, sadly, uh, our, our new Daenerys could be headed in the same way, and I really hope they just house Targ only her, because she's problematic out of Lannister, and, and, and to a lesser degree out of Greyjoy as well. And while she's strong out of Targ, you know, that's kind of not where she's broken at the moment. So, uh, I would like to see all uniques house X only. What do you guys think I, of that?
1: I don't want all, but I wouldn't mind more. Like, Tyrion should certainly not be house X only to me. Um. But
2: then you don't have that- to print anything on the card. You can just, you can just have it as a rule, all uniques are house X only, and Tyrion can be the exception. Tyrion could say, you know, permissible house, whatever house you want to splash him into, be it, be it Stark or be it, be it Targ. I okay.
1: can, uh, I can take that. I,
0: I can probably get behind that. I would, I would also look at kind of freeing up some of the, uh, the other, uh, characters to not have that. You know, maybe all the non-uniques then could be played uh, without a gold penalty. Or maybe make up. Ooh, that would be kind of cool if you... Okay, so you've already got the unique flag, right? So maybe that identifier shows that they're unique, and it it means that they are house-only, you know, on top of the other unique rules. And then what if you maybe you made another icon of some kind Maybe, like, little gold pieces or something like that to show that, you know, they'll go wherever the money is, and, like, that could be characters that are not loyal, so to speak, that can be played in other houses without a penalty. I don't know, something like that might be cool.
2: I feel like there would always have to be some penalty to play a card in a different house, because otherwise, what's the point of having S.H.I.E.L.D. to begin with?
0: Yeah, well, you know, different different effects that trigger off of it. And that would still give you some granularity like that. You'd have some characters that would allow that cross-play without the penalty. Then characters without that new symbol or the unique symbol would be the standard two penalty. And then uniques would be house only.
2: I do like the idea of a trait, like the ally or the mercenary, somehow changing or, 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 or negating that penalty so long as you continue to make cards that make them more more vulnerable to uh, to desertion, as it were.
0: Right,
1: um, right. Uh,
2: there's definitely some interesting things they could do there.
1: How about just, like, certain cards, and instead of just printing two icons on them, like, certain cards are just completely playable in two houses. Like, Duran would be, would it carry no gold penalty in Targ or Martell, but couldn't be played elsewhere. Because those are the only ones he'll work with.
0: Mm-hmm. So like a little that. a little bit like the uh, the Eddard the noble Eddard, yeah, yeah, I c- I'd be down with seeing some more of that too.
1: Just make it Nedley. It would be nice if the game had a little bit more of a Nedley flavor.
0: <laughs> agreed, agreed. the The Nedley factor is a is a big draw.
1: I love telling people that the most powerful Stark card in the game is Mira Reed. They give me the dirtiest look.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and that there's not an editor that gets played. Mm-hmm.
1: Luckily, like most other houses, have their good characters as good cards. But not Stark.
2: So one thing that I wanted to bring up uh, in the context of a reboot is the notion of auto-includes. Um, I was talking to Buzz Hannon down from Tulsa uh, after the last episode uh, when we built the Targ deck, and he was saying, you know, uh, some of the cards uh, seem like if you put them into the card pool, they're just going to be in every deck like they are now. He talked about Corset Drogo. He talked about the Dragon Thieves. Uh, and it got me thinking about the idea uh, of, of auto includes in general, whether they're a good thing, whether they're a bad thing, whether it's even possible to construct a card pool. Uh, that doesn't have them. Uh, So I wanted to throw that out there.
0: Hmm. Man, I think that's legitimately tough. And and I think part of why that becomes tough for me is, like, where is the dividing line between auto-include and staple? Because I don't (laughs) think necessarily that people think staples are a bad thing. They really point out what a house theme is and whatnot, like... You know, Dragon Thieves, for instance, in that example, uh, are just like the perfect confluence of what three different targ themes: ambush, mercenaries, and attachment hate. Yep. Um, so, is that a an auto include or a staple that you'll see in a ton of decks that really gives that house identity?
2: Well, I mean, I think I think the two. I think the two certainly overlap. If we're taking the term auto-include to mean it goes in almost every deck that it that it can be played in, then whether it's a staple or not, it's an auto-include, right?
0: Yeah, I, I would say all auto-includes of a house are probably staples of that house as well, but not necessarily all staples go to the level of auto-include. I'm trying to think, like, uh okay, <laughs> uh, say Lanny, for instance... Um the Enemy Informer is probably a staple, really gets across a couple of the Lanny themes nicely. It's in a lot of decks, but it's not an auto include for Lannister. Unless in a rebooted, refreshed, you know, smaller card pool that pushed it to auto include right. status. I don't know. Well,
3: well I think that's so a really I, good point. Is that like the enemy informer used to be An auto-include. Now it's, it's more of a staple. Like it's, it's a great go-to card if you've got that slot open. One card that comes to mind for me is Golden Tooth Mines. It used to be an auto-include way back when. Like it was, it was an auto-include. You put Golden Tooth Mines 3x in your deck every time. Now that's not the case. So, Golden Tooth Mine goes from an auto-include, maybe still a staple? It's really, I mean it's a great card, but, but now with all the, uh, location hate out there and the payoff, you know, you have to do two gold. And you have to wait for it to kind of pay off. It's it's not really it's not really there anymore.
2: But I think oh, sorry depends turn. on the card pool. I think that there are auto includes that aren't staples. Uh, I think if we stick with Targ Morax, is probably a good example. You're going to see a copy of Moraxus or two in every Targ deck, but that but Dominance and card draw are not Targ themes.
0: That's a valid point. Yeah.
2: Um. So I mean, I I guess the que- I guess the two questions that that I wanted to address were one. Are auto includes a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, and two, if we decide they're a bad thing, is it even possible to build a card pool without them? Or if we cut these, these auto include cards kind of at that highest level of performance or efficiency, does that just bump up the next level of, 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 of cards in terms of quality to, to an auto include status?
0: Yeah, th- I mean, that's kind of tough. I would like to say, um, that we should not, that we should try to cut the auto includes. And stick to just staples, but I think there's probably a certain, I don't know, a allowance that we have to make for some, some bleed in that. Uh, looking at St. for an example, since you brought it up, where it doesn't necessarily fit those themes, but to kind of smooth out the playability of the houses, you know, I, I think the addition of Maraxes when we got it in, in added to the carpool uh, at large right now was a big factor in boosting Targ's playability by kind of smoothing out uh, a rough spot in what was actually their themes. So, For some reason, I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna I was just gonna say. So is it possible? I would like to think it's possible to have everything relatively balanced between the houses while sticking to just staples and in theme stuff. But uh, I may just have to admit to some practicality and say some some of that other stuff might slip in to smooth it out.
2: Part of me, and I can't necessarily explain why, doesn't mind as much that an auto-include would be a non-character card. Like a location... Like Moraxus, at a certain point, it almost feels like a resource. It's a card advantage resource and not an economy resource. But mm-hmm. it doesn't bug me as much as it does if I sit down and say, "Okay, I'm building a tar deck. Here's my refugees. Here's my dragon piece. Here's my Dro- Drogo. Here's my. And uh, now I have you know 20 25 more slots. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't bother me as much to have kind of an auto slot for the location. Um, does that matter to either of you guys? I don't know. Is that is that different?
0: I think you're on the right track of something else that probably matters for me, um, and that's whether it's a flavorful, uh, like Nedly unique or not. Like you mentioned, Jogo right now, probably Jogo.
2: I mean, that was actually yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, my bad.
0: Well, still, it as an example, I think Jogo is probably both a staple and an auto include for Targ. I don't know, Draw's not necessarily a Targ thing, but it does play into. Military and the Dothraki Horde stuff as well. So it, it kind of crosses over, but at least he is a recognizable, named character that's important. Uh, the, uh, the newer Tywin is not a particularly nedly ability or really in Lannister flavor. Honestly, it's counter Lannister flavor, but at least he is a recognizable, you know, powerful, unique character. So I think I'm more forgiving for stuff uh, that leans towards auto include uh, in that range. I don't know that that Tywin's an auto include, mm. but mm. I, I think I'm just more forgiving of that than say Refuge. Well,
2: Tommen, for instance, I mean in, in Lannister, right? You're going to have one copy of, of, of Tommen in every deck.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he's probably both an auto include and a staple. Sure, because he and a, that's not right. very Nedly, but it is at least you know a nice named unique character to have. You know, it it kind of reinforces the theme of the books to at least see him on the board all the time.
2: I do like... like, Okay, hi, Daryl.
3: I was just going to say, the idea of auto-includes, to me, has always been kind of uh, a a weird balancing act. You know, I mean, uh, a part of me does not like auto-includes, but a part of me likes the idea that there are always these go-to cards if I need to fill up a deck. Like, I have an, an idea... And I, I just need a way to kind of fill out the rest of the card. Well, it's nice to know that there's cards out there. It's like, it, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. These are always good. But, uh, you know, as a as a deck builder, as a creator, it, it would give you more of a sense of satisfaction if you are able to build something where there is no go-to, per se. I think the biggest thing that bothers me when it comes to an auto-include is is a universal auto-include. Yeah, oh, a, like a, a neat, neutral? A neutral character, Right. Cold, uh, hands. I mean, cold hands.
1: Yeah, uh, doesn't.
3: Yeah, I anyway, know, right? Cold hands. Um, any any of those plots that you can use pretty much uh, is Maybe kind of bothersome. Roads too. Uh, yeah, they don't really bother me as much. I mean, come kind of any economy card, you got to pay one gold to use anyways. Uh, but you know, um, it, it was more of like uh, you know the plots, neutral characters obviously, and sometimes. Uh you know, I mean, Merexi's be became dangerously close to becoming an auto-include, I feel. Uh, I-, I feel like it-, it saw a ton of play outside of house. Now, maybe not so much as to now, but that-, that that card is kind of a different power level, I feel.
0: Um, That's a good point. Before he got the house only, it was seen play in Martell, of course, thanks to Bloodthirst. And it was also seen play in Targ. or uh, Sorry, in Targ, Greyjoy. of course. In Greyjoy, I meant to <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah, so
3: it, I think in a perfect world, you wouldn't have auto-includes, but at the same time, when you're, when you're balancing a card game and when, you're, when you have a card game and you want to sell the card game, uh, I, I think that's just a natural... Uh, I, I think the best players will create decks that you'll see those cards over and over again anyways. But I think if you want to lower the amount of auto-includes you have, uh, you have to do a couple of things. You have to make sure that you're coming out with balanced cards, and then the restricted list was a nice way to mix up those auto-includes as well.
2: I think that, um, touching on what Will had said before, uh, the, the idea of, of your unique characters being auto-includes, uh, I think one interesting way that they can and to some extent have mitigated it is to print multiple versions of unique characters that kind of each have their own place. Yes, that Jumping Drogo is in a lot of decks, but if you're playing a certain kind of deck, be it some Dragon Pit decks or the Heir to the Iron Throne, you want the Power Kill Drogo instead, because that's a very strong card that's doing that kind of work for you. And if you're playing a straight up Dothraki, you might want the Queen of Dragons Drogo, because you want him to die at five strength on a Power of Arms turn and search out five more guys. Um, so I, I do think it becomes more interesting when you are f- forced to make that kind of a choice. Um uh then it would be for kind of your your generic non unique character although i the, the idea of a staple is not something I had thought about before uh and and kind of thinking on that as i talk i uh, I do think that staples are important to reinforce house themes. that was not something I had thought about, yeah definitely yeah, so refugees aside um <laughs> because uh, I think we can generally agree that they're uh that, that they're kind of dumb and not too much fun. Um, what are some what are some auto includes for uh, for the various houses that either you'd like to see stay or like to see go? I'm gonna oh. start with there and just kind of run the list quickly. Oof. I know I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't talk about this. Yeah, no, we didn't. that's
0: that's tough. You know, I I think I do dig like say the No Shadows Night of Flowers, and I'm I'm not 100 percent sold whether these auto include or or staple, but a copy of him goes most everywhere and uh do you
2: ever play the four coster if uh, you're doing like a heavy a heavy noble theme
0: no actually, I I, I'm I, bad I don't
2: <laughs> I keep trying and it's always a bad idea yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly in, in, in the execution of it it's a bad idea um what do you think about the Brightwater man at arms uh it's not it's not a, it's certainly a new card but it's uh, I mean I, I I don't think there are any barrier decks right now that aren't running three of them
0: yeah Boy, and, and that one's tricky, especially because it's uh, it's so new and it's kind of playing with things in a different way. I would say it, it does cover some bear themes pretty well, plays in kind of in a weird way to uh, Dominance, which has kind of been one of their themes in fits and starts for quite a while definitely plays into the discard pile recursion, not kneeling slash standing is kind of a theme of theirs. Um, and it is so transient. It's still a strong card, but I think in the end I'm happy it's around.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think it's new enough that it hasn't gotten to bug me yet. And, uh, and it does, I mean, it's much more interesting than, than, say a boatswain or a bosun. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, Um, you know, maybe a good place to transition into Grand Uh, but, you know, the, the, the Bosun, like the, um, the Lost Spearman and Martell, uh, just seem like they, they're not, they're not filling a house theme. They're just very efficient, uh, cost to strength characters that are not unique, that are not deadly in any particular way. Uh, and those are cards that, I mean, they're almost like refugees for me. Yeah, I think philosophy of Minisera. He is
0: indeed. <laughs> yeah, I think actually at one point I saw an article uh, from Nate or uh, whoever was working on the game at at the time. Uh, it may have been even in the CCG era. I don't recall for sure now, but I I do recall at one point that they mentioned that just low cost, high strength, like v- virtual vanilla ish, French vanilla perhaps characters was going to be kind of a theme for Greyjoy. I, I don't know that we've really seen that kind of carry through, uh, but those were such auto-includes that we still see the bosun today. I, I'm not sure I really like it either, though. I think, uh, oh, uh, D- Dampiers Drowned, is it? The yep. newer Holy we got Yep. Uh, yeah. does something similar, but in a much more interesting way, even though his strength isn't as high. The icon and playing into the Greyjoy location love theme, I think, is way more fun. <laughs> Plus, he's holy, so I
2: do, I do think, uh, I do think it's nice to at least see some more, some more dynamics on the card. Uh, um, it, you know, it'll reward you for playing into really a, re- what feels like a Greyjoy theme in, in, in that love for locations, uh, certainly more than the Boswin than the Bosun does. Um, is the new Asha going to be an auto include now that uh, now that no, not the new Asha? Excuse me, the, the old one. The old revitalized, no longer restricted, <laughs> not kneeling Asha. Uh, she I, should
0: I mean, be if she's not. Uh, I, I'm going to go back to it for sure. Uh, it a black would make sales no deck.
2: Sense. A black sales deck may still play the it may still play the four cost one, but uh, mm. probably every other Greyjoy deck will play will play at least one copy of the three cost one. I assume.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh.
2: I think that's okay with me. For uh, I mean, the, the more I think about it, the more I think that if there is that other option for the, for another unique, a viable option, um, then at least it forces you to make kind of an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I guess
3: it depends what you consider a viable option. And I, I mean, it has to fit into a deck. I still don't know if I would ever play the other Asha over the non-kneeling Asha. Like, I mean, I, I understand that she is going to fill, you know, fill into that, Black sales theme, but at the same time you probably have plenty of other characters with with the uh,
2: level sweet. icon, you know. That's certainly a fair point at the end of the day. Your deck may be stronger just for having the three-cost who's not going to kneel. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she does a lot of work.
0: I'm so sick of three-cost characters. I mean, yeah. it's the real <laughs> sweet spot. It really is. I'm
3: <laughs> so sick of it. I'm also sick of something that has not come out yet and making four-cost characters cost two, but I can't bitch it up yet. What? I
0: thought you were so pumped even to exist, play yeah. that. I
3: didn't say I was pumped at all. I could have I said, sworn I thought it was you dumb. were dumb.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. I mean I said I can't wait to do it because it's dumb.
0: Oh, I, okay.
3: I can't say that though, because I haven't seen anything else that's in that cycle, so anyways, I
2: apologize. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> anything uh, anything notable in in Martel aside from uh, aside from the Lost Spearman? Which we touched on a little bit.
0: Um, you know, it's gonna sound crazy to a lot of people, but I think the orphan of the green blood. Um, I like him. Yeah, I like he's him. He's perfect. I I think he's perfect. I still don't really feel he should be restricted at this point, but exactly. No, he uh, was perfect.
3: It was that was the perfect theme I felt for Martell. Don't give them repeatable options for icon removal. Give them those. Spot icon removal here and there, like these effects that you kind of, uh, have, have a cost, uh, a more serious cost than kneeling a location or something like that. I thought that was perfect. That, the Prince's Wrath, I thought those were great ways to steal icons, not the Scourge, uh, I, or green, even Green Blood Merchant, that card can suck my balls.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually agree, um, that it can and should sucker, but no, no, um, uh, <laughs> Aaron and I thought about this when we when we were uh, discussing the Martell list that, uh, that we'll get to in a little while. Uh, I wanted to drop the refugee in favor of just an unrestricted orphan uh, because I think that's an interesting zero-coster for Martell Agreed. that in a, re- a refreshed card pool is not necessarily going to be overpowered. Like Daryl said, it's a one-off. We don't have Prince's plans to get three of them back in one shot over and over.
0: Um, well, and there's that real opportunity cost in using it for claim-soak so- yeah, or using it to mm-hmm. deny or force a challenge versus right. a refugee that makes or defends a challenge and then dies to military claims, so you don't have to lose it to dominance or whatever. Right. Yeah,
3: I mean it was it was a really good. I, I felt that a very powerful, but at the same time a very balanced card. It was an ally, zero zero strength. So like Targ just ate its balls. Uh, no icons. Like it was just it was meant for two things: either claim so in stealing an icon and choosing that right way to use it was really awesome and i would i would really prefer game of thrones to go back to that more of a uh, weighing the cost into the the efficiency of a card rather than uh the cost quote unquote like the printed cost on on something weighing in its efficiency although i will say orphan was was perfectly costed at zero as well, but whatever. Any
2: other thoughts on Martel?
0: Um you know, those are some of my some of my main ones there. Yeah. With without really taking the time to just dig through the card pool, I think I'm probably set. Uh, all
3: all right, uh, uh w- Princess of the Sunred Viper. Well I can't. was and, I, and
0: I've written that card hard. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to dodge that particular <laughs> elephant in really? the room.
2: I was going to say, you talk about an auto-include. Yeah, huh. it's uh, it's a shame for those other versions that are actually really good and never see play. Even the one that kills all the characters, how fun would that be in a deck? And no agenda deck. Martell does no agenda. That's a thing. Yeah. No one plays that card. Right. That'd I be. actually, at, um, at, Gen Con, at Gen Con last year, uh, I was playing against someone who was using the Claim Raise Viper, uh, oh. and I was, pl- and I was playing Targ, uh, and I just didn't hit it with events for three rounds, cause I just assumed it was the other one without looking too closely. <laughs> and then, uh, and then he, uh, I, th- I, th- I think it took him valoring and saving with a dupe on a, er, er, er but I, I'm sorry, I valored, and he played Power of Blood and saved it with a dupe. I said, oh, doesn't he just not die? And then I looked closer and saw the Warcrest. And then I just incinerated him. Oh. <laughs> it was a challenge. It, 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 it was just, you know, you're so used to seeing the other one. Uh, spoiler alert, when we do Martell, the Princess of the Sun, Ren Viper, is not in the card pool. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I still like him. I don't have the problems with him that a lot of other people do. I like that he, despite not being a particularly deadly ability, depending on how you want to look at it, there is another Nedley stance that can be argued that does kind of can cover it. But regardless, he falls into that unique, super recognizable, fan-favorite character yeah, that makes does. me not mind it as much.
3: You're right. And so the real question is, is the problem with the Princess of the Sun, Red Viper, or is the problem with what we've become to expect out of five-cost characters and how they're being balanced and how they're being printed? I mean... That's probably a whole new can of worms. Yeah. But.
0: And, and our inability to, I don't know, slot Milk of the Poppy into deaths <laughs> anymore. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
3: Thank you, masters, for
0: destroying
3: everyone's <laughs> thoughts on attachments. Yeah.
2: Years down the road, we still don't do it. I've t- plenty of attachments. They're just, uh, they're just all negative.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so is Milk of the Poppy.
2: Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's true. That's true. That's Sorry. True. They also all have ambush. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically events. Um uh, or what's next? Lannister. Uh, we, we touched on Tommen They did print that new summer Tommen but he, uh,
1: not he's, not so,
2: he, he's not so much a thing. Um, um but he does play the theme, so, so, so that's a good staple. Um what's, uh, what's something in Lannister?
0: Well, and the enemy informer, like I mentioned, yep, I think is sure. great. The land Money moneylender, I also think, uh, is great, and was a much more interesting way to do that kind of claim soak weenie. Yeah, game. all the
2: gold weenies, I think, I think are, I think are yeah, appropriate. Right. Um yeah. you killed the wrong dwarf. That's good stuff. I don't know if that's an auto include anymore, uh,
0: but it still makes it into most all my landy decks.
2: Harry the Riverlands certainly slots into all of them now. Yeah. Oh, God,
3: fuck that card.
2: Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sorry. So we just slide right on over to Stark. Then I can't think of anything else from land. We also went out of out of order. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, alphabet Alphabet is not my uh, my strong point. Oh, no, M- I didn't M- realize M- you were L- going alphabetically. <laughs> I was. I was trying to. Maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't have even bothered and correct myself. You all think I'm dumb now. But I, uh, we'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, that gets to stay. That is no. wonderful.
2: <laughs> Last week the comments were sober, so positive. This week is going to be ah, oh, that iPad guy is, doesn't even know his alphabet.
0: No, no, no! Don't worry about it. It'll still be great. <laughs> Daryl made an appearance. People will love it.
2: That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm, I'm positive that Stark comes next before Targaryen, though. Positive. Okay.
0: <laughs> you just want to end on your favorite.
2: Well, it is last.
0: enough. Uh,
2: objectively speaking, when I'm not being stupid. Uh, no, no. What's in Stark that uh, that's good, bad, or ugly? Well, is I was going to
0: say I have an ugly, and okay. like, that's Mira. Yeah, uh. which is which is kind of funny because <laughs> I just defended the Viper for being at a pretty high power level. But Mira just doesn't seem to do it for me. Maybe it's because Mira is just not a fan favorite I th- I think, character. I think that's or
2: part of it. I mean, you guys hit on it before that if that if Mira Reads ability was printed on Tywin Lannister or even Arya Stark or Ned Stark, I mean, you know, those are those are characters you want to play. I don't think anyone quite has the same kind of love affair with Mira Reed.
0: Right, and it would might be awkward if they do, isn't she like a fourteen year old girl?
2: Yeah, with a boyish <laughs> figure and a pitchfork. Oh,
0: right.
3: right. Uh, uh, I, I mean, uh, it's hard to, it's hard for me with Mira because it's almost like a love hate relationship. I think that she is very interesting in what she does. Like it's it's a pretty gnarly ability. Uh, but it does become kind of degenerate over mm-hmm. and over and over again. I, I think that also maybe the biggest problem with her is that she doesn't just come out during a shadows phase window. She can just come out whenever. And so so sometimes if there's enough gold lying around. You know, you pop her back in after somebody dies. You pop her out and you blink something else. So it just becomes kind of this vicious uh, cycle, I guess. I don't know.
0: You know, thinking of stuff going in and out of play there, Daryl, you just reminded me of another one that I think is kind of a, kind of in the ugly category, and I I hate to just be throwing the ugly stuff out for Stark, but it just seems to click more for them, um, and that's that's Kyle Condon who is another I think probably Uh, auto include for the house. Bless his heart, he is, yeah,
2: definitely gonna play one. But who the
0: hell is he? I literally can't. I have no idea. So you're, you're I mean, right. If, if that had been Arya, if that if that exact same ability was Arya Stark, or I could even make an argument, I think for like Jon Snow, like a Stark aligned Jon, like that would be pretty awesome. The problem isn't
3: necessarily with the card itself, but just the the name on the card and the art, but not the abilities.
0: Yeah, I, I think has. that does have have a pretty big factor in it for me.
3: I guess for me, just who's not read the books,
0: it just does, it doesn't
3: bother me. But maybe it would. Uh, but I, I think that that is a great. I feel like Kyle Condon is a great de- design, the worst keyword ever imagined in this game. So I, I guess I can't blame them there. I, I feel like he's is, he, he is an auto include, but it's a weird type of it's a weird type of like advantage that you get from him. I mean, you're digging deeper at everything, but you're gonna draw that same Kyle Condon again. I I like him. I think he's okay. I think he's an okay auto include to have.
2: Sticking with the uh, the zero cost theme, uh, I mean, I'd be happy seeing hungry mobs just uh, replace refugees. Uh, I Agreed. like that it push, pushes Stark's military efficiency. I like that it has a real built-in drawback. Um, zero for three is you know significantly better than zero for two. At the three cost, you're, you're you're much more burn resistant than you are at two. Uh, and you know, kind of like the orphan, it just it creates an interesting, an interesting trade off uh, that doesn't seem so bland across the across the board.
0: Yeah, yeah, forcing that marshalling order, I, I dig that. I also even in the weenie realm, kind of like the Tully recruiter, uh, at, at, in a very similar vein to the moneylenders, but in a in a very different flavor that I think kind of reinforces. You know, the Starks can get that payoff a little faster, but I believe he just reduces characters, right? Um, been a little while since I've played Stark. Uh, sure. Not sure
2: I've ever touched that card.
0: Oh, see, I, I <laughs> dig him. I, I dig him. Um, I just yeah. don't build Stark decks. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. In general.
2: Um, what about the other end of the spectrum? What about the Northern Cavalry flank?
0: I was thinking about that's, that, too. That's a
2: weird... That, that's a very weird card. Well, you guys tell me because because you play much more Stark than I do. Does that does that card actually see every Stark deck?
1: Yeah,
3: I think yeah. so. Every good one, at least. All right. And I mean, it's. it's, it's I mean, it has a built-in turn off. Like, don't run an agenda, and it's not going to be a problem. The, the issue is that uh, Game of Thrones for so long has been okay. You have your deck now. What agenda is going to go with it, or or you want to do? You need to pick your agenda then pick what deck you want to do good with it. Uh, we are starting to get to the point where running no agenda is a payoff, but I still don't think it's quite there universally.
0: Speaking. Yeah. Yeah. A so couple houses say. have it for sure, but not, um, not everybody.
3: Maybe they shouldn't, shouldn't have made cards. I mean, they had to make cards that got better, but maybe they shouldn't have made cards punishing your opponent necessarily. If they were running an agenda, uh, to try and turn people off of it. I I don't know. But it it does feel a little bit overpowered. But at the same time, you can't be like, oh, that card's bonkers. Well, don't run an agenda, man. It's a weird weird way for me to judge that card, to be honest with you.
2: For some reason, in the four-cost slot like that, it doesn't bother me nearly as much because you're not only investing a lot in that one card, but there is the opportunity cost of other similarly costly characters. If you're loading up on, on on two or three of those, you might not be playing any other four cost characters because your your cost curve is not going to be able to afford it. Right. Um, so yeah. it, it bugs me a lot less than the zero and one cost variety.
0: Yeah, and I've always liked that uh, you know Stark having this big aggressive army theme that seemed very flavorful to me from the whole War of the Five Kings. So I was willing you know to accept it.
2: All right. And how about the last house? My house. I'll, uh,
0: I'll, 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 make, house the I'll make the
2: same <laughs> house. House Stromes. I like it now. Uh, house house Target. You're pronouncing
0: it wrong, Daryl.
2: I am?
3: Is it Stromus?
0: <laughs> Stromies. <laughs> you, no. right, yeah. you, you, yeah. you got
2: it right, Daryl. Oh, okay. You did. You
3: got it. I guess like, Daryl oh.
0: doesn't remember that from the first time Dave wrote into the show, uh, like two years ago now or something. I
2: have no
3: idea.
0: Uh, we Rep- we We mentioned it on the show and. I realized, like, in the middle of, of talking about his email that I didn't know how to pronounce his name, so <laughs> I just declared that it was Stromies, and I said, I hope that's right. Nice.
2: Um I'll say the same thing I said about the other zero-costers in the other houses. I think Star- uh, Targ zero-cost characters that are not the refugees are very interesting. The Shadow Parasite's a very interesting yeah. card. card. Uh, very and, um, the, uh, the, the Disgruntled Mercenary, even, I think has a place as an interesting card. Uh, it's got that Warcrest. Uh, Taric has ways of getting dudes back in during the challenge phase. Um, I like that card. It's fun to play around with, and the yeah. Refugees is boring. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like that. And, and like, uh, like we mentioned earlier, I think the Dragon Thief is uh, a solid convergence of themes. I even uh, really dig Forever Burning. Uh, I, I think yeah. it's one of the few cards that does not have that attachment restriction uh, that I like, not having the kill effect, giving you the option to to pair it with some of the other stuff to actually build up to killing off some higher strength stuff, and uh, yeah. get be, get kind of flexible with the gold versus influence uh, resource curve by being able to use either to return it. Uh, I, I think it does a lot to smooth things out for uh, Targ without yeah. being over the top yeah it is a really
3: great card it's really really balanced overall I think too not having the kill effect inherently needing to pair it with something else already being death bound so abusing it is almost non-existent I mean if you've got the influence to bring it back well hey man that's the way you built your deck you you deserve to bring it back seven times in the dominant phase <laughs> or whatever you know
2: what I mean so yeah that's I'm a great card I'm actually not a huge fan of the new Viserys uh, I think uh, oh fuck that guy Although it's a house theme, you have a one drop, uh, that is that repeatable attachment removal. That's also a character. I mean, at least with your, at least with your Myronese brothel, you're taking up, you know, kind of a location slot that otherwise would be economy or influence, uh, for an effect that maybe is going to pay off. But, I mean, Viz, you know, he, he even has an intrigue icon. What's the guy doing? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you no, know, Unless you're playing a very a very odd and probably not competitive deck, you're not running running the other King Viserys, and and just no one's playing to save Viserys anymore. Who wasn't necessarily an auto include. He went in a lot I of decks. He, yeah, um, he went in a lot, and he definitely had his place, but he didn't go in all of them. You can't save him from your own threat, so that was uh, that was difficult if you were playing a burn deck. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: yeah. And as is, I don't play a lot of attachments. Uh, you know, ever since. Uh, God, what was the name of that cycle? The Maester Cycle. Tin Whatever the name of that is. Yeah, you know, ever since the Tin Link became a thing. So, in, like, there's two parts to how I dislike Viserys. One is, I don't think he's that good. In In a meta where people are not playing Attachments, we are still very heartbroken. I realize that we're sort of, you know, starting to play him more and things like that. But whenever you come out with a card like this, like, come on, everyone's starting to play Attachments again. And now you're, you're making it incredibly easy. For a house that can already get rid of attachments uh, efficiently, I I just don't like him at all.
2: Um, I do think, uh, just in closing, that they are uh, necessary to a certain extent. I don't really think you can build a card pool without auto includes without making every card of the same power level. Um, So I don't think you can quite get away from them. But I think if they're done right, as we've talked about, uh, they can still be dynamic.
0: Agreed with that 100%. So, this week, I think uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our coverage of a possible uh, refresh scheme for the game. Uh, This time around, for our revised dual house uh, corset boxes, we've got Martell and Lannister. Uh no other new uh rules, thoughts, or revisions or possibilities this week, I don't think. Uh so we can probably just kinda dive right into the lists.
2: All right. Well, we picked a uh somewhat controversial potentially agenda for Martel, which is the Maesters Path. Uh now despite uh despite how kind of nonsensical it got at its heights in terms of power level uh If we limit the number of chains, I think it can still be a fun, dynamic agenda that doesn't get ridiculous.
0: Right. And it's even still in flavor pretty well for Martell with the Citadel being in Dorne. Yep, that's exactly
2: right. So, uh, so with the Maesters path, the only links that we're allowing are, uh, the Black Iron Link, which manipulates the Intrigue icon, the Gold Link, which gives you gold, the Iron Link, uh, which gives plus two strength in the military icon, and the Valerian Steel Link for some draw. Um, no Apprentice Collars, uh, so Maesters are still going to be vulnerable to nightmares, um, and, uh, certainly no Tin Link, so all of our attachments are, are plenty safe. Um yeah, anything else remarkable about those chain selections? I, I think uh, it's probably also worth noting that with so few of them, uh, you're not going to be uh, really abusing the gold link in terms of uh, stacking up kind of so much uh, so much so many chains that you can add tons of gold, uh, which I think uh, helps a little bit as well.
0: Right. And of course, uh, we split it between two of the Neil to do X and two of the response after the character is knelt chains. Uh, so you can mix and match. There's maybe a little more incentive to spread that out over a couple different characters instead of some of the incentive there was to to kind of stack all on one character uh, in the past. Um, and, of course, you know, the icon uh, manipulating ones, I think, still even play into Martell flavors pretty well.
2: Right. Um, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, okay, to support that stuff, uh, we've got a solid selection of plots here, I think. Now, I will admit, things did start getting a little tricky for these last two houses with our goal in trying not to do too much in the way of reprinting um, plots that we had used in other packs, of course, with the obvious exception of Valor. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and start it with At the Gates, followed by Doran's Scheme, Power and Wealth, Stoic Resolve, The Prince That Was Promised, Game of Thrones, Loyalty Money Can Buy, Valor Merculis, and Men of Pride.
2: I actually just clicked on Power and Wealth because I had, I had forgotten again what it does. Uh, for those of you not able to have an internet connection right now, uh, it is a 351, uh, and is it all of your characters get plus one strength reach attachment on them?
0: Yes, yeah, yep. just yours. So again, we're still kind of trying to push attachments as positive. Like I said, there's a little more incentive to kind of spread it out uh, over multiple characters for a wide boost, or if you want to just load up uh, one Uber Maester or whatever, they're gonna they're gonna dominate whatever challenge they're in on a pure strength basis.
2: So what Maesters do we have to uh, to round that to round out the theme?
0: Okay, well uh that takes us into I guess the whole character base, uh which again everything is three X here. That's gonna be Ariane Martell, the claim raising, Dornish Paramore, Alaria Sand, Greenblood Merchant, House Dane Knight, Maester Kedry, Maester Miles, Quentin Martell, The Red Viper, Advisor to the Crown, Varus, Sergerus Drinkwater, Harmon Uller. Sir Archibald Ironwood and refugee of the Citadel.
2: So just just to, to put this out there right away, this is not the Martell box red viper. This is the Warcrest claim raising gold coin red viper that is severely underplayed because the other one is broken and stupid.
0: Uh, I'm still not sure if he's <laughs> broken and stupid, but I, I I do think that the the flavor connection. Is much easier for people to grok with the red viper. With this version of the viper, Uh, he's a bit more um, Nedly, you may you might say. And honestly, if you've not played him, I've used him in several decks. I kind of rotate between them depending on. What uh, what the rest of the deck's goal is? He is a beast. He really is. <laughs>
2: he's uh, he's one of the best bombs in the draft card pool. Uh, For sure. And I think he even I think he's one of the one of the few cards uh, that it, that it was printed in both both editions of the draft so far. Uh, so uh, he's, he's he's a fun one to play with.
0: Mm-hmm. And okay, so you asked specifically about the maesters. I mean, that gives us a couple unique maesters. Uh, a couple non uniques and uh definitely the influence providing maesters, which uh keys into some of the other stuff we're doing, but I think overall it's a it's a pretty solid character base uh Aaron did help us when we worked on these, and he pushed hard uh for the inclusion of Quentin and some of uh, some support for him, so you you may note it's a it's a little bit of a twist here that Martell effectively winds up with two agendas.
2: Sure, because this is the character agenda, Quentin, not the uh, not the two power one killed one. Right, um, and uh, I think that's okay. I think uh, um, giving all the rest of your your unique the vengeful keyword is uh, is is a good theme to explore for Martell um, uh, in a in a flexible way like that.
0: Yeah, sure enough, we wind up, of course, with a with a lot of uniques in here because of it. Uh, of course, we've got a little bit of icon control. Definitely the influence I mentioned earlier. A uh, good little bit of renown. Uh, actually, we've got what four uh, renowned characters here from Martel?
2: Four. Uh, f- I, I think it's four renowned characters. Yeah, plus uh, plus Alaria Sands, who is not a renowned character, but just as is- May as well be one.
0: Yeah, yeah. For the yeah. amount
2: of power she'll rack up.
0: Exactly, and uh, Ariane can even be used very similarly as well, in increasing the claim on those power challenges.
2: Yep, this is the the Princess of the Sun, Ariane Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron also pushed very hard for uh, Harmon Uller. Uh, what do you think about Harmon Uller?
0: You know, I don't mind Harmon. I think I think he's a perfectly acceptable uh, card. He's really fun when you do have him active, and he's able to not kneel to attack. Not too turned off by the ally trade though. Um, I, I will definitely say that the inclusion of this much uh, renown and Aaron was even pushing for more than we settled on in the end really turned me off on putting two the spears in the plot deck, mm. which is a bummer because I I personally would have rather gone with two the spears, but I just don't feel like Martell out of the box should well. In general, I don't feel like they should be a Rush house, and I certainly don't feel like they should be better at Rush out of the box than Bera probably right. would be. Right. Yeah, that makes sense to me.
2: Um, so speaking of uh, the two influence on that advisor to the crown, uh, that'll key into some of the events we're playing. Uh, we added three X each of both Red Vengeance and The Prince's Wrath, both of which require influence, um, and then one copy of The Only Game That Matters to work into that, uh, The Black Iron Link and some of the other... Um, and any other icon manipulation effects.
0: Yeah, yeah, th- I think uh, it's solid there. It, it's kind of heavy uh, on the influence, but they're really recognizable in flavor, fun effects. Uh, I mean, man, it doesn't get any more fun than playing Red Vengeance on your opponent's high claim military mm-hmm. challenge, does it? <laughs> I don't think so.
2: <laughs> I, I, I remember the first time time—the uh, first time I ever played a game against the Martell deck, I was playing against... Uh, Dan Hall here in New York, and I was playing some sort of a Dothraki, Pike Phalanx, Warcrest, and I managed to swing for three-claim military, and he said, all right, so you're going to learn something now about Martel. Oh, and no. It's going to hurt, but you're going to learn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's and, great.
2: Yeah, you know, if they have two influence standing, you better think twice about raising your claim.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and speaking of that to influence, that also takes us back to uh, the characters and the plots just a little bit. Yep, yep. In that, in that we were uh, trying to work out a different way to handle influence for Martell without actually delving into Knights of the Hollow Hill. Uh, listeners already watched how we kind of ta- tried to tackle it for Targaryen and uh, for Baratheon, and uh, so you know, part of what was was a deciding factor actually that led into the Maester's path was. You know, the other reliable way to work in influence was to at the gates for Maester Kedri or Advisor to the Crown. Sure. uh, Which is a pretty legit opening for a Martell deck that's running Red Vengeance, and now you have to wonder if they're sitting on it, you know, from the very start of the game
2: yep absolutely and and it allowed us to not have to overload the influence in the locations we are playing three fiefdoms uh doran's chambers and summer seas uh to go along with water gardens and the sunspear tourney ground for just 15 locations and we don't have to uh stock up on on even more influence than that which is nice
0: yeah yeah i agree the locations are a little lighter than uh some of the other builds but it it gives us room still to fit in some basic resources and uh to to touch on cancel in a in a very Martell uh, revengey way after you've lost a challenge. So um, uh, the Tourney grounds was another one I think Aaron was pushing pretty hard for over uh, he calls it thinking if I remember right.
2: Is that what is that what the trade off was Was it a, for an event?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so actually. I'm
2: not am not a huge fan of that Tourney grounds um, just because I think there are a lot of conditions attached to it. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: And, um, I don't know. Is it weird that Martel has cancel? uh
0: you know i've I've not found it all that weird um way back in the in the day um well, a minor history lesson originally cancel was a Lannister thing when right, the c c g launched. I heard that yeah, and then eventually it was decided uh that that was a little too much. Uh, Lannister was too good. A couple of their themes needed to be moved out of their house into other houses. Uh, So cancel actually wound up being spread out so that um, Greyjoy would be able to cancel any effect. Um, Then Lannister would only be able to cancel character abilities. Mm. Then Martell would be able to cancel responses only. Um, but they also got a lot of copy effects with it. So, uh, they also, I don't know, interacted with, with events and things that way. Interesting. Yeah. I like history lessons. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. I, I actually, uh, part of what made me so happy to see the landing iron throne finally hit after years of waiting through the LCG and landing. Was that a
2: reprint? uh, No, uh,
0: it was, it was not not a reprint. No. No for a, for a long time uh Lannister had, had kind of a staple uh character from well i think maybe it was winter edition uh and shoot what was it, what was his name um oh shoot now i now I can't think of the name but it was a it was a one drop intrigue guy that discarded to cancel a character ability mm. um that was just uh was real solid and I kept hoping for it to return in the game it never felt you know super overpowered just kinda. In the same boat as something like Orphan of the Green Blood, uh, you know, that really forced kind of that that opportunity cost decision on you. So, oh well, the the Landing Iron Throne at least did get some cancel uh, of character abilities back in for Lannister. It's a good card. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
2: all right. Um, any other thoughts on on this list, or
0: you know, go- I. I think that covers the main stuff and and seems like an adequate segue into Lannister
2: um did you want to quickly talk about the uh what what, what if anything you'd like to see in the Martel reprint packs? where we're obviously not going to read lists but just a uh, a card here or there
0: yeah yeah that's that's uh worth kinda kind of touching on um you know the martel stuff uh is a little little trickier for me i like we were kind of discussing earlier i there it's easier for me to think of things that I probably do not want to see.
2: Sure, okay.
0: Uh, but I, th- I think maybe, like, Alchemist Shop I would like to see back. Uh, I think it's it's kind of a neat uh, effect. It plays into us trying to make attachments more viable, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, Taste for Blood was actually in the... Um, The Martell box rather than one of the packs But that's something that I still think Is so just like Flavorful for Martell That I would love to see some way To get it Mm. back Um, I mean Aside from that Kind of just trying to skim Through to see if anything else Just really terribly jumps Out at me at the moment Uh, Possibly Maester of War Kind of play into that master theme uh in a way that's not over the top again
2: I think that is one that Aaron had mentioned wanting to work into the uh work into the reprint packs yeah. seems like a good good ad given what we have uh, already in the list
0: yeah for sure um, and you know uh maybe maybe um, what should I call it as well um, my brain is. Failing me yet again, uh, deceit. There we go. I just I love that card. Yeah, such that's a one fun, of my favorite cards. versatile event. Yep. Anything right. in your uh, your estimation?
2: No, deceit was the one I was going to say. So you said it.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like I said, sends us on to uh, Lannister then. All
2: right. Uh, so Lannister, the agenda we chose is uh, is power behind the throne. Uh, sticking with uh, with what came out of the box, given that Lanny only agenda. Yeah, um, I still
0: think it's a pretty like flavorful kind of Nedly thing. Reinforces their themes, but kind of a double edged sword. Really makes you think of stuff like Cersei, where sometimes they're not as good at the intrigue stuff as they think they are.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and would you errata this in, our, uh, in in our world to say if your opponent is not running the agenda call power behind the throne, or would you continue to allow the imbalanced mirror match?
0: I would continue to allow the imbalanced mirror match like i had, I had mentioned in in a comment in the comment thread for Beyond the wall when this came up uh, over there um I actually think that that this and knights uh, of the realm is solid. Design, I think it works out better for Knights of the Realm than it does on Power Behind the Throne, but I'm still in favor of it in general.
2: All right, I would probably, um, I would probably vote in favor of adding the Errata, but uh, you know, I, I certainly see the arguments on both sides.
0: Yeah. Thankfully, we weren't really uh digging too hard into a rata for this project, or it would have grown much so certainly much larger than it was there There are definitely some other cards i would I would love to to take a look at including with with a Rata as an option right <laughs>
2: uh so moving into the plots uh potentially some controversy here maybe uh oh, yeah? we did in, we, we, well we did include a number of city plots okay. uh
0: a small it's, number
2: it's only three. Um, we started with City of Lies, uh, because we want to give Lannister some shadows cards, and then added Sin and Soldiers, um, just for, uh, just for a little bit of good measure, specifically staying away from a city besieged so we don't fall into, uh, uh the power of that on demand location removal and City of Spiders so we can't copy things to our heart's content.
0: Yeah, a lot uh, of people complain about the copy, but I think it was really the location control that yeah. put cities really Back up there, they—I think they'd really kind of faded for a while until that came out.
2: So we have lies, sin, soldiers, and then attack from the sea, blockade, breaking and entering, Cersei's scheme, Frey hospitality, and Valor Morgulus. Um, I like that uh, that blockade and even to a lesser extent attack from the sea play into the theme that Lannister has a bunch of gold, so it's going to hurt them less if they if, if they put on a little bit of the choke. Yep. Um, that's nice. Uh, and Cersei's scheme re- certainly reinforces the Neil and Frey Hospitality, the intrigue. I, th- I think that's a good mix.
0: And it's pretty Nedly as well, I think. Yep, yep. absolutely. Okay, uh, well, let's see. Where do we head after that? Probably down to events next. Sure. Uh, again, kind of just reinforcing some themes. We've got You Kill the Wrong Dwarf, I'm You, Rit Small, and Parting Blow. Uh, I've always loved uh, some of the kind of surprise-challenge-pump-type cards, which we don't see too much of anymore. So I like seeing I'm Urit small. It's a way to get a little potential kill into Lannister.
2: S- s- surprise Deadly is great. That's yeah. another one of my favorite draft cards.
0: For sure. And Parting Blow, I think, was just a, a really nice-fitting kind of neutral card to work yep. in um they could go anywhere if if people kind of mix and match but fits of Lannister's themes really nicely
2: Yep, absolutely. Um let's jump over to attachments. Uh the attachments we picked were Widow's Wail and Bastard. Uh Widow's Wail I love. Widow's Wail I think is a it it fits the theme of draw but it but it does so very dynamically. It makes you make a choice between protecting your power uh, or potentially kind of giving up a little bit in terms of your win condition to draw cards in the short term. So there's a lot of tactics going on there.
0: Well, um, and it all revolves around actually winning challenges, actually, too.
2: Yep, that's right. Uh, so it's a lot more dynamic than a card like Golden Tooth Mines, which we also included, uh, <laughs> which just says, you reveal the plot, congratulations, draw a card. Uh, that's efficient, but it's not fun. Um, so uh, I, I, I wish that more cards like Widow's Whale existed. Um uh because I would favor that over something that's as point and click as Golden Tooth Mines, uh, if we could fill the environment with with you know a higher a larger amount of dynamic cards.
0: Yeah, and and part of how that wound up happening was, was due to our uh constraint on not putting stuff in from the two newest sets. I actually would have would have rather included something like Ashmark Knight, uh mm, which which I think puts card. yeah, put, puts a, a much more real opportunity cost on that draw, but, uh, the early Lannister was, was so point and click like that, uh, that we kind of had to make a sacrifice to at least go ahead and make sure the theme was well supported for Lannister.
2: All right. And what's Bastard doing in here? Is that because Martell has maesters?
0: It is indeed partly, uh, because Martell has maesters. Uh, it also offers some nice, uh, cross play with some icon control. If, uh, the If a player wants to swap some of those out into the Martel deck, but it also seemed fitting for me. I, I know we're trying to power up uh, attachments a little bit, but, you know, some attachment control does still need to be in the game, just like location and character control. So it seemed really fitting that uh, the neutral attachment control be itself yep. an attachment.
2: It is important to me that uh, that it does exist in the same box as Maesters, but across the uh, across the aisle. Uh, that if this were a if this were a two player product on a shelf, that uh, the Lannister player does have some recourse if Martell is a loaded up Maester. Um right. you, know, you, you want to promote a product that has uh, that has a positive play experience as much as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think they both kind of have some uh, checks and balances on each other. The way we've yep. gone here. Well, we. We touched on those locations with Golden Tooth Mine. Should we round them out? Yep. Okay. We've got Alchemist Guild Hall, Kingdom of Shadows, Queen Cersei's Chambers, Sunset Sea, the Iron Throne, the Gold Road, and Tunnels of the Red Keep. And I know there'll be a little bit of controversy here from Wama uh, for me including the Alchemist Guild Hall. But I would also like to point out we did not include the Castellan. I'm not that crazy. I didn't even want the Castellan. But I think that uh, the Guild Hall provides Neil for Lannister, uh and I in a repeatable effect, and I do think some level of repeatable Neil is important uh to the inherent soft control nature of Neil. Um, but with again a real opportunity cost because you have to actually have the shadows cards to trigger it, and some of those shadows cards cost additional gold, you know, themselves to bring out of shadows.
2: So I'm I'm probably with JC on this one. Uh if for no other reason than the fact that we included Serio in the character base uh once you get that going and you can really just do it every single turn that's hard. Uh it 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 effectively is a cast one at that point. Um, and uh,
0: But you at least specifically have to get the Serio to pull it off versus a cast one where I literally only need to draw any Lannister character or location.
2: Sure, but at least with Castellan in our universe, many more characters will have positive attachments on them. Right. Uh So the, the the Castellan is limited that way. And yes, the Alchemist the Alchemist Guildhall is limited to something without a shadows crest. Um, uh, and it's a little more interesting, and then it can hit locations as well. Um, but uh, it it's, it's it's a little bit frightening. It's a little bit frightening. At least because it's a limited response, you're probably only playing one of them. Uh,
0: I think I would probably play two in most yeah, okay. decks that that I bothered to play it in. But yeah, it, it's it's another one. That's a good point that the incentive to play the full playset is definitely lower than on the Castellan.
2: All right. Um, and uh, I think Tunnels is a good add. I think uh, I think that's a, a it's a good check on burn just to keep it around in the environment. Um, and, uh, the Iron Throne, I mean, if cancel really, really did used to be a Lanny thing, then, uh, then I guess that's cool. And it, it always seems a little out of place to me when houses that weren't Greyjoy or Martell got canceled.
0: Yeah. And, and it is uh, a nice cross box interplay as well. I think between, uh, Lannister and Baratheon and, you know, the two houses that have actually held the Iron Throne over the course of the books.
2: mm That makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, should we round out the characters?
0: I think we should. Uh, let's see, I read the location, so I think that's you.
2: Alright, we have, uh, the Brothel Guard, Cersei Lannister, which is the, the, the box with Cersei, the Lions of the Rock, uh, Doubting Septa, uh, Enemy Informer, uh, Jabalar uh, the old one from War of the Five Kings, uh, the Lannisport Moneylender, the Lannisport Weaponsmith, that's your military and your intrigue icons on uh, the One Goldweenies, uh, Littlefinger from Secrets and Spies, um, uh, Qyburn, uh, the dual house heiress, uh, Jamie Lannister from the core set, Sirio, uh, the Toman, uh, who draws you cards if he's the only king, and, uh, Tyrion Lannister, the Shadows version. Yeah. I hate Quibern.
0: <laughs> I love Quibern. I think he is... An example of some really fun, interesting shadows interplay. For for all the crap I make, it for Alchemist Guildhall being just boring to some people, I I really think quiburn is the exact opposite of that. Well, that
2: interesting interaction is what is what knocks me out of Worlds last year in the yeah. top eight <laughs> when uh, uh, you know the game was very close. I was down. I felt like I had swung it. Uh, he pops a Quiburn out of shadows. Uh takes my jora out of my discard pile to knock off my at pre uh and uh the game fell on that
0: Oof, ouch
2: yeah <laughs> not cool that card should be unprinted and banned mm-hmm. but but i mean of course that's that's my own personal uh it it is a fun card it definitely creates fun fun play experiences uh and uh it is not repeatable because he has to come out of shadows so so that's all right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't have a way to send him back in or anything. No, we don't. Um, but yeah, we we get all three of the uh siblings in here, uh, Tyrion, Jamie and Cersei, which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And We went with the the Cersei and Jamie that kind of mirror each other and their non kneeling abilities, which I yep. I like. And you'll definitely notice there's a there are a good bit of allies in here. Uh so again with that kind of checks and balances thing, that's Partly why the uh, the Martell deck has Varus in it. You so Varys, yep. yeah. Um.
2: So what about from the uh, from from the reprint packs? Is there anything that you want to see or not see?
0: Oh man, that's so tough. Lannister is my favorite house. Though there were a couple cycles where they just got Jack all on purpose <laughs> from Lannister from from FFG. So that's definitely stuff I would not want to see. I, I think I'd like to see a few of the clansmen. Uh, hmm. I really dig them um, Campfire Mime I would love to see because she's just She kind of gets Overlooked but she's just so Versatile all the just neat Interactions that she has uh, Any any of that Trait stuff uh, I think is Pretty sweet um, Devious Intentions I think Is a good way to make uh, Infamy useful um, As yeah. well you Along with it as attention. well Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I would also really love to see Double Bluff back. That's just one of my all-time favorite events. It, it doesn't seem to make my Lanny decks very often uh, at the moment, but I may have to, kind of tweak, uh, tweak my decks a little bit uh, to give it a try again.
2: Sure, it's a fun card.
0: Yeah. Anything you really wanted to see?
2: Uh, I don't think in particular. I don't. Have, I don't have nearly as strong. Strong views on Lannister uh, and Martell as I do on some of the other houses. So my uh, my analysis and desires are going to be a bit light as compared to when we talked about Targaryen. Um, off the top of my head, uh, I'd certainly be happy to never see Pentoshi Manor again.
0: Yeah, uh, I I hate to say it, but I think I could agree there. Um, and.
2: Uh, other than that, there's nothing that uh, there's nothing that I feel particularly strongly one way or the
0: other about. You don't you don't desperately want to see you without his beard again? <laughs>
2: yeah, power event. Definitely need to re- reprint that one.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty killer.
2: It's funny, for for, for all that the new um uh Maester, is it Cressen? Uh the Lannister Maester? Yes or yeah. or, or
0: uh, I think I think it's the new no, Pysel. Yeah, it's the great Mr. Pycelle.
2: It's basically a walking without his beard. Mm-hmm. Um but that's another card that's actually surprisingly useful in draft. Uh draft decks aren't that big. You can you can mill your opponent.
0: Yeah, he he makes <laughs> kind of a by accident. <laughs> well, and plus, you know, a lot of stuff tends to be one of. So if, if your opponent is sitting on something in your in their hand and you chuck it, you know, it's probably something good if they still had it.
2: Yep, and it's probably not coming back.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, his worth is so much higher in draft.
2: Draft is fun.
0: Yeah. Well, any uh, any parting thoughts on the project from from you? I think I have one uh, parting thought overall, but I'll let you go first.
2: Um, I think I think it was definitely definitely a fun and insightful project. I hope that FFG spent uh, spent you know some serious time thinking about what they are going to do uh, and. From a, from a new player standpoint, I would really love to see them, whatever it is they do, come out with these kind of, uh, uh, dual house dueling boxes that two players can split the set, they can sit down, they can play with decks right out of the box, they're balanced decks, they can have fun, uh, because that's gonna, that's what's gonna be appealing to new players. Um, down in DC over the summer, I think it was at their regional. Um, two of the people, uh, that I was hanging out with just kind of on a whim bought a, uh, a magic box and it was, it, it was a $20 box. Oh, that had the that dual had dual decks. Yep, that had yep. two pre-constructed decks, uh, and had fun with it all night.
0: Yeah, that definitely inspired this idea.
2: Yep. So I think, I think from a business model and from a, from a model where you want to encourage new players to come into the game, Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better way to do it than to say, you know, you, you and your buddy can just sit down and start playing fun games with this right now. Uh, and if you want to think about more cards, you can do that later. But this is going—you're going to enjoy this,
0: right? I, I agree wholeheartedly uh, with all of the above. Um, and and my other thought, uh, just to wrap it all up, is related to that as far as being as new friend, new player friendly as possible. This is just. To, to belatedly respond to something else uh, that that Wama had brought up, uh, which is the the card count here, um, and the fact that we're playing three x of a lot of this stuff, and you know how much more we could fit in uh, if we were willing to drop like the uniques down to one of, and so on and so forth, and you know it's something we th- we thought about uh when we first kind of posited the the idea to begin with but in general i just think it's it's new the most new player friendly to go ahead and have a full play set of every card in there um you know there's just no end of complaints about the need to buy multiple core sets yep. in every LCG even Conquest Warhammer Conquest that just launched uh, that complaint is all over the place. Uh,
2: just, it just—it just feels awkward because you because you only have to buy one chapter pack, right? Um, you know, it, 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 I think it's the disparity that causes the that causes the complaints,
0: right? You know, and and it it may be that the the average competitive player may only want to run uh, one Tyrion Lannister. In their, in their actual constructed deck or whatnot. But when you're a brand new player jumping in, you want to draw Tyrion and play yep. him all the time. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So it's much, it's much easier to go ahead and give the, the people buying the box a full playset, uh, of everything, uh, including the plots in the Barra deck that are two, uh, mm-hmm. that you can play up to two of, um, than it is, to make some one and two X cards and require them to buy multiple boxes on down the line, right, absolutely, I agree. yeah, so yeah, all right overall, I think it was a fun, fun project, really interesting kind of mental exercise to walk through. Um, I liked it. I'm also glad we've uh, we've come to a close on it though I'm, I'm sure <laughs> listeners probably will be glad as well.
2: Back to your regularly scheduled programming next week. Indeed. (laughs) Props and slops.
0: Well, I'm going to jump out there, and I'm going to go ahead and throw out some props. Do win. I'm going to throw out some props to The Flash, because I got to watch the first couple episodes now, and it was incredibly fun. Uh, Definitely a different, like kind of atmosphere than Arrow, but obviously in the same world with the same kind of super heroic sensibilities and, like, same quality level, and I just uh, totally dug it. Special effects even all look pretty decent at the moment, so we'll see if they keep it up.
2: All right. Um, I'm going to throw out a prop to Greg. Uh, He's now officially coming to Worlds, um, I know I uh, I talked to him a little bit this morning. He posted, and he got cards that he's no longer under the rock he was hiding beneath.
0: Oh, and, I didn't see that.
2: And uh, it'll be uh, you know it'll be exciting to see him again. I met him last year. We had a nice time chatting, and I'm looking forward to uh, buying him a drink.
0: Nice. Nice. Do you do oh, I, should,
3: I should have something,
0: shouldn't I? No. Uh, you no, know, I can't think of anything. I'll, right now. I'll insert one for you, Daryl. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, prop filthy casual again. Uh, <laughs> looks like some some of our listeners were kind of enjoying the chance to listen to Daryl's sultry tones uh, even more. And I even saw some good feedback about filthy casual on the the two C one C comments thread. So yeah, hey uh, oh, yeah,
3: cool, sweet. I'm a lot less funny on that show.
0: Oh. <laughs> Well, that's a bummer.
3: I know. I I don't know what it is. I'm it's, working on it.
0: You, well, I mean, you're you're effectively me for that show, right? I know so exactly. When you what have to the be the fuck? like moderator and guy in charge, it changes oh, things.
3: It is so awful. <laughs> I just want to be. I just want to be, you know, the drunk guy saying terrible dirty things and knowing that I won't have to go back later and edit them and listen to them and then rationally decide whether or not to cut it out. It was really nice for somebody to decide that for me. <laughs> so all the good stuff probably just gets cut from my show. Jeez.
2: Uh, I'll throw another prop uh, to the guys down in D.C. for putting on a, uh, a great tournament last weekend, Thrones Uh wow. specifically to, uh, to Seth Lowe, who uh, volunteered to sit out, not play, so he could, uh, he could devote his, his day to TOing that tournament, uh, and to, uh, to DC Dennis for donating some nice prizes. I took home a, uh, a nice, uh, like wooden waxed mug with a dragon on it that can be used for cold beverages. Oh, wow. Um, nice. not sh- not, I, I'm not sure I'm daring enough to actually put any, put any, any liquid in it. It is sitting on, on a shelf of mine, looking pretty sweet. Nice.
3: I almost bought one of those at the uh, Renaissance Festival.
2: Yeah, I heard uh, that's where it came I from. That the, the, there was a run fair in the DC area, and he, he nice. got a uh, one with a dragon, one with a wolf. Dude, yeah, I saw those. Those are really nice looking cups.
3: Yeah,
0: it's pretty
2: sweet. Nice, that's a sweet prize. Good for you. So, thank you, DC guys, for putting on a good show. What else ah, you guys got?
0: Damn
3: it! Oh, so I have a slop. I have a slop to FFG. You guys have not. You guys have not contacted me to do the commentating for Worlds. What, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Is that, is, a, talent. Is,
2: that, is that a thing that's supposed to happen?
3: I mean, they live stream <laughs> the feature matches. I have no idea why they haven't asked me to do this. This is crazy.
0: Yeah. I think I just they're going to do live commentary. I think it'd be Why's, awesome. Yeah, exactly. Why and, not? And we had several people last year at Worlds tell us that specifically.
3: So, FFG... Time is ticking, okay? You've got, like, two weeks. Daryl, you, you know read how Harry to get Pot- a hold of me.
2: Daryl, I, I know you don't read much. Do you ever read Harry Potter? Uh, no. I can't. Well, It's it. Will
3: I'm reading. I've, I've read, like, five books this year. That's, that's like, What was your goal, again, that you talked uh, about
0: on this show? God, it was a book every two weeks.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh-oh. Wow. Like, all, like, all New Year's resolutions, it came to an abrupt end.
2: Well, there's a, there's a fantastic scene in, in one of the later books where, where Luna Lovegood is commentating a Quidditch match. And I, and I can just imagine that that's what Daryl would be like, uh, slightly to moderately drunk, uh,
0: uh, talking about the match going on over the air. I had completely <laughs> forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah, that
2: may be my favorite scene in the entirety of the seven books. <laughs> Props to Luna Lovegood.
0: She, she was pretty entertaining. I don't think personally quite as entertaining as the twins, but uh, she was pretty good.
3: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like FFG probably knows. They're like, man, what if he says something on that live stream? I don't. I don't want to be held accountable for that. That's what it is. Somebody's covering their ass.
2: They can do it like when uh, when Chris Rock hosted the Oscars with like a 10-second lag, and someone's sitting there with a button right ready to bleep if,
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> It's probably uh, really. Good idea with Daryl. probably super... Especially active. because no. there's alcohol at the event center. Oh,
3: no, it wouldn't be bad. It'd be it fine. Is. I kid. Come on. Do that. I would sit out of Worlds to do that. That would be really fun, I think.
0: Can I prop oh, the sweet. fact that there's we, alcohol at Worlds? Oh, yeah. That's so come sweet. to think of it. I'm hoping FFG has kind of expanded their uh, yes. booze offerings because there was a lot of demand last year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Was it was it inadequate last year? I honestly don't remember what the selection was like, but there, I don't think they ran out of anything.
0: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think they ran out, if I remember right. But I mean, the option was two beers or two wines. I think that, uh, was, or there was cider. Oh, there was! I didn't remember that. Yeah. Nice, which was okay. I had a lot of those. It was nice. Well,
2: that's a prop I can get behind. It was it was very nice to be able to get uh, both food and drink. Uh, right there in, in the center without having to order in or, or go all the way up the sensors or, yeah. or what.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's going to be a good
3: time. Oh, yeah. It's a prop and a slot. You guys won't <laughs> let me commentate, but it's, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> Hopefully they figure out the sound situation and whatnot.
2: Uh, I wanna prop the, 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 draft tournament too that they're gonna be, they're gonna be running, uh, specifically for the timing of it because it starts I think at, uh, is it 11 a.m. on Saturday? Um, whatever it, it is, it's, right. an, it's an hour after the cut, uh, for the, um, for the joust starts. So not only people who miss the cut, uh, and don't have any game schedule for Saturday can play, but if you scrub out in your first out round, you can still be able to jump in on that draft. Uh, so I, th- I think that's uh, That's some very intelligent timing To really maximize the number of people who can do that
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, That's really awesome um, And just props in general for the world's schedule I may get to play in multiple games This year, so we'll see how it goes I'm
3: Excited We're going to do a live, bitch
0: yeah. Let's say, I mean, if I do really well At my main game, Thrones Then I guess I won't <clears> be <throat> playing any of the others But still, the the possibility Is there
2: it's nice to, have, uh, nice to have secondary goals.
3: Yeah. Or third. Tertiary. T- yeah. My mistake. What do you call fourth goals?
0: Quaternary? I'm mm. not sure. Uh,
2: that doesn't sound like it can be right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just made that up on the fly. <laughs> <That> quaternary? God. <laughs> Equity. <laughs> Equity.
2: Sloths to Will for saying quaternary.
0: That's the last one I got. <laughs> uh, well, I, I've got one more. I'm going to steal Daryl's usual musical shindig, and I'm going to gonna prop a band that I've been re-listening to, because uh, at D&D the other night, Daryl reminded me of the band Camelot, Dude, hell which yeah. is not actually my prop, but that reminded oh. me of other fantasy metal bands that I like. Dude, Nightwish, night- bro. Uh, Nightwish is good. I've been listening to Blind Guardian again. I don't listen to them. Oh, I love I love <laughs> their music so much. Dude,
3: I listen to so much of that fucking like what do you call it? What do you call it? fantasy metal?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's know, it's it's like, it's like a combination of shit. like eighties hair metal, dude. Yeah, with with fantasy novels. Oh
3: yeah, there's so many of those. though. like Therian, that band rules. Oh yeah, that's good.
0: That is good. Yep. Yep. You just have to accept a certain level of cheese before you go listen to that stuff. I mean, whatever. But I'm it's only, not too cheesy. It's uh, too cheesy. yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the particular song and everything. But yeah, like Camelot has like Christian
3: overtones, like kind of on the heavy side, and so sometimes they can sound kind of weird, but they're still good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having religious overtones in your music. That's what you're into. That's fine. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some bands I really dig that are, you know, Christian bands. or. To one Switchfoot band. sucked. I actually wasn't going to say Switchfoot. I was going to say Red. Never heard of them. Really? No, you should check it out. I've been listening You've to... you probably heard like, some of their stuff on the radio, on probably. just like the regular rock station. So it's really weird.
3: As I get older, I find out that, like... Okay, so when Dubstep first came out, I was like, this music sucks balls. But then it became, like, it now has transitioned into something called, and I quote, Chill Step, which sounds wow. super stupid. Absolutely, that's awful. But uh I've listened to this dude named Synchronous, and he has this song called The Only, which is, like, a super dope-ass song. So you mm. should check that out.
0: I have not heard of any of the above, so I guess I should check it out. That's right, dude, check it out.
3: It's actually a really sick song. So do it. Do it right now. Whatever you're doing right now, pull over to the side of the road and, and look it up. Don't don't look it up as you're driving. <laughs> don't be red Yeah.
0: Don't no one no one wants to mess with, with that hassle. <clears throat> yeah.
2: That's
3: really it, I think. Yeah,
0: I think that's me this week.
2: Well, right. thank you guys again for having me.
0: Thanks, Thanks for, for coming on, on,
2: Dave. My pleasure. It's always fun to stop by. Where are you stopping by? <laughs> to the Davidson to see here, run away, no reason to be here, it's the ghost who never goes. Uh, two champs in a chump at Twitter.com and Google Plus and stuff. Is that where this is going?
3: Ooh,
0: no! So close. So close. <laughs> I knew where Daryl was headed. He was you headed. Stopped. Go ahead to the danger zone. Sorry, I
3: missed
2: that one. Oh, <laughs> that would have been so awesome. Yeah. You would have caught that. <laughs> we can re- we can rewind it and try it again if you want. <laughs>
3: Dave wants to do it again. I mean,
0: you could pretty much just say your line now, and I could snip this out in <laughs> the middle. Just have you answer Daryl's question.
2: It's always fun to stop by. I thought Daryl <laughs> could say his line again. No, line. no, you, like,
0: you don't. To say we it. don't have to redo Daryl's stuff. You can just answer it. <laughs> to the danger zone.